0: Visualization is critical for almost every single manufacturer in the building product space. On today's episode, we dive deep into talking about AR and VR and what it means for every manufacturer out there. And honestly, should you even be doing it? We bring on a manufacturer who's done this for a number of different companies and share some really great insights on what you should be thinking about if you're going to launch, as well as what does success look like from a data and metrics standpoint. With that, let's get into the episode.
1: Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff.
0: All right, everybody, welcome to Smarter Building Materials Marketing, where we believe your online presence should be your best salesperson. I am Zach Williams. I'm flying solo because Beth is out on maternity leave, but we've got a great show planned for you today. We've got Tim Sandland, who is the digital marketing manager for Derby Building Products on the show with us today. Welcome to the podcast, Tim.
1: Thanks for having me, Zach. And congrats to Beth.
0: Congrats to Beth. Yeah, we miss her. Hopefully she's just not listening to this episode because she's tending to her newborn, right? That's right. <laughs> Tim, we've been talking about this episode for a while just because this is an area where it's near and dear to your heart, as well as just a lot of experience. You know, Frankly, you've had a lot of experience in this space. For our listeners, why don't you just give us a little bit of overview of your role at Derby Building Products and just your history in the building material space, and then we'll just dive into the show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I've been in building product space since loose 2012. Currently right now I am I lead up digital for Derby Building Products. Derby has two brands, Tando and Novic. So Tando is your two-step distribution and Novic is going to be your HIR Menards Home Depot Lowe's. We manufacture Shake and Stone. Unique products, a lot of innovation there, which is a lot of fun. And so my passion for many years, not only within digital marketing, but visualization and specifically around augmented reality and virtual reality and web visualizers. So currently, we do web visualization at this company. But years ago at TimberTech and ASIC is when we launched the first augmented reality app within the building products industry. And that's really what got me in this passion of this new technology integrated into an industry that typically is not very tech-savvy. But seeing the results of that and over the years after that, Seeing it grow in different ways and knowing there's something here and like this is the future. And that's what I get really excited about. So just recently, been thinking about it for literally four years, launched it right before the new year this year. But start building the website is start building something and it's all about technology and innovation within the building products industry. Right now, it's kind of highly focused on AR and VR, but goes on from there with visualization, digital marketing, that type of thing. So going back to. Azec and Timbertech. That's where we launched the first augmented reality app. I worked at an agency for a little while and then went on to the company who actually built VAR, VR applications. And that's where I led projects for Lowe's. That was the Lowe's Hollow Room, which was kitchen and bath virtual reality, as well as Toll Brothers, which did a Kitchen 360 virtual reality kitchen application.
0: Oh, that's interesting. And by the way, we'll make sure we link to your website there that you mentioned in the show notes. So if you were looking for that, just head over to venvio.com and we'll make sure that's included in Tim's episode. But I'm curious to know, like you were pretty far ahead, you know, when it came to launching that first visualization ARVR app back in 2012. How have things changed and where do you see opportunity for building material manufacturers heading into the next year and and beyond?
1: Yeah, it was very early. This was a couple of years before Pokemon Go, which is really what put augmented reality. Kind of on the map, and where people understood what it was, it really came down to you know we were looking for the best app in the industry, and with that wanted new technology, something new that no one else has done. and I wanted to work with a vendor that only did iPad apps, and that led us to one of the the problems, and this is really the crux of it all where we were trying to solve this problem of how do you put a deck on the back of a house, right how do how do people visualize the deck on the back of the house. Now, you could do that in 2D within the visualizers. But this opportunity with augmented reality allowed us to literally put a decking with railing on the back of someone's house and then be able to see you know, what their view would look like. They could see what the decking and the railing and the infills look like. And did they match and that type of thing? It was really the solution, not only for a homeowner, but it was a solution for our contractors and our dealers and our channel partners that would help grow their business. And we can talk a little bit later about just how we started, some of the things that worked really well, some of the things that didn't. Well, one thing I noticed back then was, you know, people aren't going to use technology, contractors, dealers, they don't care about this stuff. And when I traveled the country and did trainings, they saw the value very quickly. And all of a sudden, just like, let's go buy an iPad. Like, this is incredible. So that's where I was like, okay, this is going to catch on. And it's going to catch on quickly. Well, quickly was the wrong word. It did not catch on (laughs) quickly. It's taken time. If you follow augmented reality, virtual reality, it's just now really getting into that phase of, you know, it's probably past the early adopters. And now people are starting to understand a little bit more about it and use it in different applications, probably less in building products. But each year I go to, you know, IBS, International Builder Show, and you see a little bit more And there's a big difference between augmented reality and the benefits and and who should be using that in virtual reality and who should be using that. And you're seeing a little bit more of the virtual reality go quicker, specifically around the home building, you know, being able to put on a headset and walk around an entire house, right? Or what we did with Toll Brothers, which was, you know, visualize your kitchen, change out all the fixtures, all the, the cabinets, the flooring, the paint, the appliances, and then put on a headset and walk around your kitchen, right? And just really get a sense for what it's going to feel like.
0: You know, what you're talking about here, Tim, is the difference between I have an idea for a project and the fruition of that, like bridging the gap visually for somebody to be able to see and envision what you're talking about. What I want to know as a marketer is like what kind of data... You have that says like, "Hey, this helped us sell X amount more, or this helped us accomplish X, Y, and Z," or is it just something that, like, in your gut, in your feedback from your customers and the people in the field using it, said, "Hey, this," just their overall feedback they found it helped. Or do you have actual concrete data that said we saw this kind of return?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I can tell you one of the early successes we had with the AZEC app. Kind of two things: one was anecdotal, and one was you know we saw the evidence of these. Projects being sold based off the augmented reality feature. One of the anecdotal was just, it was probably the main marketing thing that we launched in the three years I was there that we just had reps calling all the time. Like, tell me more about this, train me. Can you train this person? Can you send me a marker? Can you mm. send me? Like, there was so much interest in it. I actually traveled the Northeast region and actually trained contractors and dealers. And I just remember because the reps were oh, we don't really want to do this. Like, this is a lot of work. And when I left, they're like, can you do this every quarter?
0: Like, oh, wow.
1: Our dealers loved it. Our kind like, this is so much value. Let's do it. So that there was a lot of evidence is when you, you see it and you understand, like there's the value and there is a desire for this. Just a lot of people don't know that that exists. I can give, you know, when we did the Lowe's project, we did 20 locations. There's actually two separate projects. And It was really a test. One was DIY, it was the iPad, do it yourself. And they had a Google Cardboard vending machine that then you would get a free Google Cardboard and you could walk around your kitchen or bath. The other one was a full on, we had a hired assistant working the booth, designing with you, putting on the Oculus Rift and actually walking to your kitchen and bath. And in the locations that those were in, they saw year over year, months, you know, those stores had 20 to 30% increase in kitchen and bath sales compared to other stores in their region. Wow. So we did see like a very clear, like, this is working. And that was such in the early days that you kind of look at that and you say, man, there's a lot of power in here. Going back to Azek, the there was one job that stands out early on, was a $50,000 deck job that a rep was like, I showed the homeowner what this was going to look like in the app. We looked at their view. We matched up the railing and the infills they wanted and then and we sold the job right on the spot. And so those type of things get the momentum going of like, okay, there's, there's clearly value. It's pretty simple. You know, the simpler the application, the better. And if you can provide that value very quickly, then people will adopt. People say, this, this makes my life easier. I want more of
0: that. You know, the, I think the common sentiment in the industry, and this is probably not true for everybody, but is that AR, VR, is a bit of a gimmick. Like if you go somewhere, and you're like, oh, that's nice to have. Like that makes me feel good. That's like, it's almost like a, hey, check this out, but it's not actually gonna help me sell more. And what you're saying is that, yeah, it's cool, but it does actually, there's the data does say that it does help you sell. If I'm a manufacturer and I'm considering dipping my toe into this space, help me think through the process of, of knowing which one, AR, VR, or the different options, which one is the right one for me?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Great question. I'll break that down into kind of two categories. So, when you're looking at AR and VR in the home building industry, I kind of tend to lump them into two categories. In my opinion, from what I say, I really see augmented reality being more beneficial for the manufacturer and then virtual reality being more beneficial for the home builder and that type of community, right? Because anything that's large enough to where you want to be fully immersed within that location. That's where you want virtual reality. You want to walk around. You want to feel your space. And that's why it's really taking off more in the home building industry. From a manufacturing perspective, AR provides opportunities not only to homeowners, but also to your channel partners. And so, you know, my recommendation, and this is kind of what going back to when we did this at ASIC and TimberTech, we looked at it and we said, okay, what are the problems that AR, augmented reality, could potentially solve? Let's start there and let's look at what our goal is. And then we'll have a three to five year plan of how to build that up. You know, I also want to call out that I don't believe that AR VR is the end all be all web is here to stay. Web is not going anywhere. I love web visualization. And I think the future will be a mixture of web visualization along with augmented reality and virtual reality type plugins, right? They'll all play together because they all serve a different purpose and add value in different ways. But I, Within augmented reality, I break it down into two things. There's really the marketing aspect and the sales aspect. Exactly. Marketing is where the perception gets a little tricky, right? That's where people create little games, right? They, they create their own DIY-type augmented reality experience, and it's not really all that valuable. And that can kind of hinder people's experience of like, Oh, this was kind of a waste of time. Let's not use it. But there are also, I've seen and we did this, our actual first AR application... Was a 3D modeled home that appeared when you scanned the catalog cover. So our catalog cover was the marker. So you could tell this was years ago because a marker is like a fancy QR code. It can be a picture, you know, anything that you you say is going to be this. When it recognizes it, it's going to pop up a 3D model of something. Now, and over the last few years, they have markerless technology. So now you have your phone. You don't need that marker anymore. But we actually had the front of our catalogs all appear with a three d model house for Azec where you could change the trim, the molding, the pavers, the decking, the railing, and the porch. So kind of this fun experience, basically a web visualizer, but one you could rotate and walk around. Wow, which was really cool. So i'd say I'd put that more in the marketing type feature. That can work well in different ways. You know if you have a complex type installation, Maybe within your catalog, you scan that photo, and all of a sudden, you get a 3D model of your product coming together. You, know, you can have it pop up video. You can do other things that are unique, but I would put that under the marketing kind of aspect of augmented reality.
0: Have you ever been to a Lego store? Yeah. So For, the, for our listeners who haven't been to a Lego store, and just for you to know, I've got a bunch of kids, and my kids love going to a Lego store. They're really smart. In the middle of the store, they have these screens where you come and you bring a box that you want to buy and you hold the box up at a certain angle. And literally in the video screen of you holding the box this video shows you, it shows these Legos like being built or coming in the flying in that are in your box. Like it's basically AR of your Lego set that you're going to buy. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is a gimmick. Until my kids are like, hey, I want all of them, you know? Because, <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's true, you know. But what I think is kind of funny, Tim, circling back to one of your points about people using this technology, is like the same objections that you are getting about, oh, I don't want to use it; it's not going to be helpful. Is the same objections manufacturers here who are introducing a new product or trying to get maybe an installer or somebody to try a new product that they haven't before. They're always trying to get over that hurdle of that uncomfortability of the unknown, you know? Yeah. And if you can just get somebody to try and use it, the likelihood that they're going to do it again, exponentially increases, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So what I want to know, Tim, is just your perspective on, you kind of hinted at this, there are definitely gaps, like if we're real, there's definitely gaps with AR and VR and visualization. And they're, they're frankly, there probably always will be. But like where you see things today, like where do you see things headed? And what are the biggest gaps that people haven't necessarily solved in the use of this technology?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. That kind of is a lead-in also to answering the second part of that last question, which was around the sales aspect of augmented reality. And I think that's the part that hasn't been cracked yet, right? That's, mm. that's the mentality of start building, right? Let's start moving in that direction. When we did the deck designer, it was a square deck. You could add other layers, but it was all squares and rectangles with corner railings right? The goal was, how do you design a fully customized deck and then put it on the back of your house using augmented reality? Still not there yet, definitely much closer. But the sales side of AR, it, the value of that, and you were kind of just talking about adoption, right? How do you adopt? Manufacturers again be people to adopt new products. Same aspect within technology. It's got to be simple, right? It's got to be quick. So whatever you're doing needs to be intuitive, And allow a contractor or a dealer to catch on to it very quickly. It also has to add value. Mm. Like it needs to add value very quickly. If there's an application, and that's why I break up sales and marketing, because sometimes the application for the marketing side might be valuable to a homeowner, but not so much to a contractor or a sales rep, you know, at a dealer or a distributor. If you can add value very quickly, putting a deck on the back of the house, for example. All of a sudden, they're going to start using that in their daily format, right? I do this. I do this. Oh, and by the way, let me show you what this looks like on the back of your house. And that, I think, is where I see the most beneficial and the most what's coming down the road for AR within like manufacturing. So just recently at IBS, I'll call that out. Who was doing an augmented reality app on decking and their cladding. I think siding is a great application that, as the technology gets better, utilizing AI to be able to recognize windows, to be able to put siding on the on the side of your house. Companies that do like Trex and Azec, both offer furniture and like now outdoor kitchen stuff. That is so simple in augmented reality. Like the ability to place that on your deck or have a sales rep go out and customize a grill setup with the different options. You can showcase that in five minutes, show them what it's going to look like. Here's the size. It's going to fit this part of your deck. And, and you do see that in augmented reality. You see furniture. You see a lot of interior applications. being. Oh, have you
0: seen Ikea's app? Yeah.
1: Ikea, Wayfair, Amazon. I mean, they're all implementing AR for interior. It's a lot simpler from a technology standpoint, but it adds so much value so quickly. right? And I think that's an important thing
0: what are some of the things that many people who try to get an AR and VR, like what they think is going to be easy, but it's actually like difficult. Cause it's not like, Oh, like, let's go pick up some AR from the store. It's like, you've got to commit to it, right? Like what are some of the things, the common misconceptions people have that they maybe underestimate when doing this?
1: That's a good question. And it's not, there's not a whole lot of data to go from, right? And specifically in building products, kind of going for it. One would be finding companies who, who know how to do it. And there's a, there's some really good companies that are on the marketing side of the AR and there's some really good companies that are doing more of the sales type stuff where you're actually showcasing product and building things to show what they can look like. One misconception I would say is if you build it, they will come right. That it's going to be an instant hit four years ago. This was crazy new technology. This is still very new technology. So this idea that if you launch this and you start telling people, and we got this AR app, you're still going to have a, a vast majority of people being like, what is that? I don't know what that is. Well,
0: they're not asking for it. You're having to push it. Yeah. You know, you you see the benefit; they don't quite yet.
1: Yeah. So that misconception that once you put it out there, everyone's going to get it, or that you're going to get it right the first time, right? So let's start building mentality. Put something out there, test it, see what the feedback is, and then iterate off that. And as the technology gets better, your application is going to get better and better. But if you can show that value early on, and start getting those little wins you'll be able to start integrating more features. You know, my contractor's like, man, they really want to be able to measure. Like, yeah, they can visualize, but what about measuring? Like, can we just tie that all together? Great, love. let's add a measuring, an AR measuring application and tie it into where it gives them their square footage. Now they're, they're doing it all, you know, on the job site all at one time. So those are the types of things. Don't try to be the end-all be-all right at the very beginning. But find out what are those pain points and try to solve those pain points and then build upon them.
0: What metrics would you be measuring, Tim? Like if you're a manufacturer, you're launching this thing, like what are some of the data points you look at? Coolness. How cool it is. (laughs) (laughs) And and you're the uh, only you're the (laughs) only judge of that, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Is it cool? So I mean really what it comes down to and this this was it's funny, when we launched the iPad app for ASEC, and, and we did the same thing for TimberTech, they wanted it. Once we had it for ASEC, everyone wanted it for TimberTech. That was a time where people had apps, and it was kind of that social me- social media mentality of like, well, they have an app, we need an app. And unfortunately, a lot of that the metrics were what? How many downloads you had, right? Okay, great. Someone downloaded it, they used it once, and they deleted it. I mean, obviously, that stuff is important to kind of track and see, but I want to make that the end-all be-all. I think what truly is getting out in the field and understanding where's the value happening from the dealer, the contractor, and the homeowner. In manufacturing, it can be difficult to take what you're doing you know, at the office within marketing and drive it down and say, this affected this sale all the way down at the homeowner contractor level. But what you can get is that instant feedback and going around, traveling with them, showing it to them. Do you see the value? What like what would make this better? How would this make your life easier, right? How do you how do you see yourself using this technology within your day to day business, or how are you currently using it? And what are the things that would make your life easier and make this a daily part, like basically create a habit? And I think that's where the value comes into play. It, it would be a little bit more difficult, can be done, but you know to tie well, there's a clear sales in- increase with these people because they used our app. That would be the dream, right? To be able to, oh, wouldn't
0: it? Yeah, you
1: know create an app that allows people to create projects and quote and be able to see, Hey, they quoted these projects, but they only won these, you know, 20% of them. Well, why didn't they win the other 80%? Like what are things that as a company we can be doing to help you win the rest of those percentages, the rest of those projects. And, but yeah, it's more than just app downloads. I say coolness is a joke, but at the same time, like when you go out and you, you train these people and you meet with them, like you see it in, when you add value, it just it, their whole face glows.
0: It's that wow factor. Yeah, you know, it's like the is a light bulb yeah. go on. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, Tim, you know, I really appreciate your perspective on this topic. You know, just because you've lived it from both sides, like you pioneered it at AZEC and TimberTech, you then worked at an agency and saw it from their perspective, and now you've done it at Derby Building Products. What last piece of advice would you give manufacturers in this space? And the other thing just to you know, not toot your horn too much, but you've got a perspective of this isn't the only thing you do like even though you care about this, like you think about the entire digital footprint you know of Derby. like what other advice would you give manufacturers who are just even thinking about this or you know whether they're doing it or not like what insight would you give them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know one from a very basic. if you're a manufacturer and you don't have any type of visualization, you need to do that ASAP. That is becoming a marketing 101. Homeowners are expecting it contractors are using it dealers are using it it's becoming a part of the buying process so if you don't have a way on your website even from a very basic like here's a photo let's change out the colors but the ability to customize and personalize that is a a must-have in my opinion for manufacturing you take that you're going to get a ton of data from that right Mm. building from there is just you know every company is different Every type of product is trying to solve different problems. I think ultimately where it's going to be headed is how do you visualize product on a home as quickly as possible? How do you, how do you increase or decrease that buying process? So rather than going online and uploading a home and customizing it or then going somewhere and in virtual reality, you have the ability to pull out your iPhone, you know, your phone or your tablet, walk outside and put whatever you just designed or do it in the app on your house in five minutes, you know, into the point where a contractor can measure and quote, I think that's going to be the future. Now it's going to take a while to get there, but that's the idea of start building. Like what are those problems that contractors are trying to solve? What are those pain points? And start creating applications that help solve that. It may not be AR or VR right away. It might be AI, Artificial intelligence type technology that you can build into specific apps just to try to get closer to that. And it might take three to five years. Mm. But I think starting with some type of visualization and then collecting data from all that. That's another thing with these apps. Like they're collecting data on everything that people are doing. Uh, You know, when I was doing the Lowe's and the Toll Brothers, I spent days behind a window watching people use the app and filming it and figuring out what are all the pain points. We, went and met with people and just watched them interact with the app and found what works, what doesn't work. And I think that's, for anything digital, web, I mean, use the data, the analytics to make it better and figure out what's going to bring value to the end user. And from a manufacturer, think about your channel partners. Think about your contractor and your dealer. How can you bring them value so that they're taking this tool, going down to a homeowner, showcasing it and selling a job. The more jobs they sell, the more product that you sell. And I think that's kind of the mentality of thinking it. not just from, oh, there's a consumer app, but this is an app for our channel partners as well to bring them value.
0: Yeah, I like that. It's not just a, a marketing tool, but it's a, it's a sales and revenue generator. Yeah. That's true. That's cool. Well, Tim, thank you so much again for coming on the show. If someone wants to connect with you and reach out, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: So again, you can go to my website, startbuildingsomething.com. I'm also on LinkedIn, Tim Sandland. It's S-A-N-D-L-U-N-D. And we'd we'll love to
0: connect. Awesome. Tim, thanks so much for coming on. This has been great.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Great. And if you want more great content like this, go to vanvio.com slash podcast. Until next time. Thanks, everybody.
1: You've been listening to Smarter Building Materials Marketing with Zach Williams and Beth Popnikola. To get the resources mentioned in this podcast, visit venvio.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.